What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology Daily Devo, and we are on Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 through 24. We have Noah entering the ark. God told him to get in, the animals being brought to him. And we saw that last episode, and we're actually going to see it again because of the the poetic or the narrative structure to um, kind of emphasize, because this is a story still. And so it kind of emphasizes and builds on the tension that uh, the author is trying to convey to its audience, the destructiveness, the power, the majesty of God, and just uh, the ruin that had come upon the planet because of the sins of man. And so he's going to be emphasizing that, like the the rain, it's going to be like the rain is coming down, the rain is coming down, the waters are rising, the waters are rising, the rain is coming down, the waters are rising, you know, all these things just to show or emphasize the destruction um, and the imminent danger that's happening and the salvation that uh, Noah gets because of the Lord. Anyway, if you haven't read it, 11 through 24, man, go ahead and jump into it. Check it out. See what it has to say. And then uh, uh, pause the tape and then come back and we will discuss the four questions, man. If you guys have already read then the four questions we're about to ask, the questions are, again, what is the author actually saying? What is he conveying? What is the story saying? And what is it to its uh, original audience? And then second, what is the author trying to convey about who God is? Second, what is the author trying to convey about mankind as a Christian, as a non-Christian, as uh, both, just man in general? And then how do we apply these truths to our lives? So let's go ahead and jump into that first question. Is what is author saying? Well, again, I just started out kind of spoiler alert. You know, I just said that he's reestablishing or trying to build on the tension that is going on. So uh, we go back and we see again, it says that Noah goes into the ark, him and his family, man. And then it says that uh, the waters come down, man. Well, first, it, it, it actually talks about the animals coming into the ark, man, which which was is pretty cool. Again, reinforcing what he said earlier about the power of God to bring those animals. It's it's a um a working together because God told Noah to do these things, but then he did not just make him have to go after and chase after and whip and wrangle and tie up, you know, kind of like cowboys today. You got, I seen a, a thing and they had the cowboys riding on four wheelers wrapping up uh, calves. He didn't have to do that, man. But if he if 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 it was um, necessary, he would have because it said he would do all that God had commanded him. But God didn't make it that difficult. He brought the animals to him, two by two, seven by seven. So they came and uh, they all entered into the ark, Noah and his family. And it's a big stress that uh, the author also has upon the the um, the idea that it is Noah with his family. I think this time is the first time he actually talks about their names says Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But most of the time it just says Noah and his sons with him. Noah and his sons with him. It could have just said Noah and his sons uh, and his daughters and his wife, but, or I mean, his, his son's wives and his wife, but it doesn't. It says Noah, his uh, sons, his son's wives, his wife with him, because they want to emphasize that it is Noah who is the one um, in which the reason why they're saved. Now, the reason why they're saved is also an act of participation on their part because they're doing um, being called by God uh, and, and they are following God in following Noah. But it is because of Noah that his family 
is being saved, which is which is awesome, man. Which is awesome. That means that we as as uh, um, parents have a responsibility over our children to lead our family, as fathers to lead our family, as mothers to lead our family, and as sons and daughters to follow our father and our mother in the ways in which they grow. Unless it's against God, obviously, but. Uh, we have a responsibility to to listen to our parents and and walk in the training which our godly parents are trying to um, instill upon us. But as we continue, one awesome thing about it is says that uh, um, that God closed the door. He closed the door to the ark. Uh, I bet that door was huge, man. You know, I mean, I don't know what it is, but the emphasis is is that God is the one who is going to keep them safe. He places them in the ark and seals them in for their protection while he is outside guiding and moving them in the way uh, of salvation. So while the waters, it says, then it says that the rains came down 40 days and 40 nights upon the earth, man, it was a great rain. And it says that the waters were lifted. And then it says when the waters were lifted, it says that the, the boat was lifted up. The boat rose. And then whenever it says that the boat rose, it says that the mountain peaks were covered with the waters, man. And all flesh, anything that walked on dry land perished. God cleansed the earth. Uh, there, the word for um, that, that, that um, perishing or wiping away is, 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 is of water. It's cleansing by water. And so whenever this, this flood happens, God not only destroys the, the earth and its ruin, but he cleanses the earth to again, make it the place, um, to again, make it the place like Eden in, 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 a, in respect, because that's the idea is that we're starting a new era of humanity with Noah, that Noah is the beginning of a new era in which righteousness could hopefully flow. The promise is still kept despite all of our intentions to destroy it or nullify it. God preserves Noah so that his promise can last. He can fulfill it. He can be faithful. And then uh, after all of that happens, it says that all the life perished. But it also says that uh, Noah was the only one who remained. And it says that Noah was the only one and whoever was with him in the ark, they're the ones that remain. And I've been talking a little bit. I don't know if you've been paying attention that it's a a remnant theology. God always preserves for himself a people. He always preserves for himself a way in which he can fulfill his promises to mankind. And the word here that says, and the only one left uh, in in, uh, Hebrew is uh, sa'er. And uh, or Shire, and uh, it is it is means remnant or leftover or remainder, and that is the word for what is used when it talks about the people of God. It's a remnant, and it is seen here that Mo not Moses Noah is that remnant. I was talking to my niece earlier and asked her who Noah was, and she said he's the guy that uh, separated the the sea. Right? I was like, no, that's Moses. I got Moses on my mind and uh, Moses, as we've seen earlier, kind of is a type of Noah that they share a lot of similarities. And we'll talk about that when we get to Moses. But yeah, he is a the remnant. He is the one left as he enters or as he is entering, as he is in the ark by God surviving. 
And one thing I want to point out is uh, Noah probably is not a boatsman. Noah probably is not a, um, a captain. He's probably not someone who has navigation skills. Matter of fact, he doesn't even. He didn't say anything about his uh, navigational apparatuses that God asked him to make. He just said, "Make the boat." And so when Noah gets on that boat, he's got to trust God. He's got to trust God to be able to guide him to where he's going to go because that thing is just free floating. I've not, uh, I've not, uh, I don't go on the boats very often. And I don't, I've, you know, I've been on some cruises and it was so crazy and hectic the way that uh, we went through some kind of storm and stuff was sliding off the tables, glass was breaking on the ground. It was, it was pretty insane. And I knew that there was people navigating that boat, making sure that things were good. And so, you know, I was okay, but it was still a little bit, uh, you know what I mean? A little bit alarming. And to think that there is no one in there that knows how to guide or steer or uh, move this boat. God is the one who does it. He is the one who is. And so he has to have some faith and trust in God. And I think that's part of what makes Noah faithful and righteous is because he trusts God. In the end, that's that's what it is. It's about trusting God. And what is this uh what is uh this saying about God? Well, he's gracious, man, because he's the only one that could have preserved Noah. Noah couldn't have built that boat. We just said Noah don't know how to build no boats. Noah couldn't have steered that boat. We just said Noah didn't know how to drive no boats. And so it's with God in his graciousness to preserve Noah. But he's also a righteous judge. All of these uh, animals, it says perishes. It says that they all die, everything that was living with the breath of life in their nostrils. Anybody that was on dry land, man, it was over with for them. And it was because of the sin of the people. And we saw that. We saw that again over and over. He is righteous judge. But he's also faithful promise keeper, man. That remnant, he is going to be faithful. And I know we're going over, we're, we're seeing the same things over and over about who God is. But it's because I want to instill in you, just as the writer seems to want to instill in you the graciousness of God. We often see his judgment in the Old Testament and we think, well, he's a judgmental God. But if we look, we see his graciousness over and over and over. We see his faithfulness over and over and over. And that's a beautiful thing, man, because it's going to help us trust him more in the daily things in our life. And what about man? It says that uh, I believe that we should be a leader of our household. Again, it says Noah was um, um, in the boat with his, or actually it says Noah was in the boat, his children, his children's wives, his wife with him. It's an emphasis on the fact that we should be leading our household. We should be the heads of our household as men and as women, we should be leading our children as well so that we can help them to be as Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, being saved because they are following Christ as well, or following God and trusting in him in that boat as well. They are trusting in Noah, who they see now as one who is following God. And so they're trusting in God. How can we apply these uh, uh, truths to our lives, man? Well, I, I think right now uh, uh, it's Thanksgiving. We should be giving thanks to God um, for everything, you know. Uh, yesterday was a wonderful day. I got to spend some time with my family, eat some good turkey and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. So let's give thanks to God, even in the flood of our life. Man, I know the waters are rising sometimes. I know that the rains are pouring down. 
Man, I know that it feels like we on a uh, that boat just moving back and forth, getting seasick because of all of the things that are around us. But trust God that he's going to navigate you into dry land, that eventually those rains are going to stop and that water is going to subside and we're going to walk out on dry land and we're going to be able to praise God. Believe that and trust that. Because he is faithful to keep you. I appreciate you guys for listening. And I will uh, see you in the next episode.